It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. You have no idea the amount of testimonies that have been shared just this morning. It is my own testimony that God has provided shelter for me when I had none. But I'm so grateful to God that he is doing that in the room today. I know that y'all saw this snowfall. But there were calls, phone calls made that said, can I help? Can I come from outside of my warmth? And can I come help and be a blessing to this church? I don't know about you, but having a helping hand is a blessing in this day and age. Amen. It's almost miraculous, the kinds of nasty things that are a part of this world. But thanks be to God for the children of God that see needs and reach out to meet them. There are testimonies in this house that he has been a source of strength. That he has been a lifter of downtrodden heads. That he accepted every angry word we had and never counted it against us. But in Jesus, he only saw us as righteous. That's afforded to you, thanks of God. I'm grateful that I got the chance to come and be in person today. I know that there were some people who could not because plows made it difficult for them to get out of their driveways. But I was grateful to God that we get to be together in person because in community is where sometimes when I've been so deep in my own depression, my own sadness, there were moments that I forgot that I loved God. Don't look at me in that tone of voice because I'm not the only one. But it was the moment that I came into community. It was the moment that I came to be in the fellowship of the saints in the place where the people of God that believed him to save, they looked me in the face and they reminded me, they said, you love God. And that changed things for me. So if you were able to make it to the house of God in person, I pray that there is a special blessing that you get to receive 
being able to be in the fellowship of the saints that someone would be able to hold your hand and look you in the face and remind you of the goodness of God if you were someone who decided or could not get out of your home today I pray that there is a special blessing a supernatural blessing on you in your home because you wanted to be here so God I ask right now that all of God's children wherever they are would be blessed by your community whether online or in person Lord thank you for your people thank you that you don't have to be alone that we're reminded of your goodness by our brothers and sisters in you and that if we stumble and if we fall we have someone to pick us up and to restore us but God I thank you for the moments of celebration the moments of overcoming God the moments where we got to see your hand move for us God the ways out of no way that you made that our brothers and sisters are there to celebrate with us thank you for the family of God for those that believe in you that remind us of who we are in Jesus name amen that's a good place to tell God thank you <laughs> Um, we get the uh, awesome opportunity uh, to see lots of different kinds of leadership here at Faith Citadel. Our senior pastor is Reverend Harvey F. Carey. And um, I know I'm not the only one that is so grateful to God for the mission and the vision that has been given to him. That this is the place we get to worship in. Um, he has decided that he would engage in something that I never knew about, and it is shared leadership. So that means he's not the only one that leads in this place. He shares that with others willingly. I know that there are some people that know that there are um, some, some folks and some places in leadership that would not share that. But we have a pastor that is excited to see us lead. Um, I know that leadership can look lots of different ways, but today we're going to be talking about women in leadership. Amen? So for those of you that don't know, there are some folks that uh, kind of buck against that idea of women in leadership, particularly spiritual leadership. And I so very much want us to engage in that conversation today. Um, so my sister, uh, Minister Sean Fanya, uh, sent me a video. Anybody got them friends that'll send you a video? Anybody? Yeah. Sometimes they'll crack you up right in the middle of the meeting at work. And you're not supposed to be laughing. That's usually the most inappropriate moment for you to bust out. But I love that friend. Amen? I love that friend. But this video was about a gentleman who shared that he did not believe that women ought to be in spiritual leadership. 
there were several scriptures that he shared um, that he believed helped him with his argument. But uh, today we're going to talk a little more about that. Um, and um, you get to decide for yourselves. Amen. So I'd like to invite our um, ministerial staff, our preachers and teachers on up, if you would um, come and join us. Amen. Y'all, my phone would not do what I said, so I had to grab my laptop, because sometimes you got to make it work, amen? The Lord will do what only he can do. So, first of all, I want to do is I want to have us introduce ourselves. Can you give us your name, what you do here, and uh, an influential woman in your life. Somebody said, can you start? And that somebody is sitting right next to me to my left, and it's, it's them big sisters, right? They got, you do it, you do it. You go out there and you ask mama if we, if we can stay that big cousin. That's somebody. Okay, so um, my name is uh, Asia Raju. I get the chance to be um, uh, Reverend Asia Raju, executive pastor here at Faith Citadel. I also get to be uh, Young Leaders Life youth pastor as well. Uh, I'm a part of the preaching and teaching team here, and um, I love what I do. An influential woman in my life is always going to be my mama. Um, my mother uh, is Reverend Robin Spraggins. I got to see her be um, a leader in the church, but also just like a spiritual leader at all, because y'all do know that you could be a spiritual leader outside of the church, right? So, um, yeah, she, she continually modeled that for me. Um, so I've got a great influence and great uh, example in my mom, but also uh, uh, I was only supposed to get one, but Elder Patty Salvatore. Um, <laughs> Um, that's her back there in the back. Um, that's our elder, Elder Patty Sabletary. Um, She continuously gives uh, selflessly of all that she has uh, with great hospitality. Um, so, yeah. Next. Um, I'm Sean Fania Harrell, um, Minister Sean Fania. Um, I am a part of a couple of ministries. Do I? I'm soft. Right now, you saw. <laughs> now you became here. Yes, I was yelling earlier. Okay? <laughs> uh, turn me up. Turn me up, Doc. <laughs> turn me up a little bit more. Um, I am uh, one of the ministry. I am the ministry lead over Deep Waters uh, Ministry. We actually we minister to women in the adult entertainment industry. Um, and we love doing that. We love to pray with them and just let them know that they, um, they're God's children as well. Um, and we come alongside them and, you know, offer not only prayer, but feminine hygiene products and, you know, snacks sometimes just go a long way. And they're just excited to be able to get a bottle, bottled fruity water um, and also um, a word from the Lord. So um, that... I'm also a mother myself, a mother of two grown sons. I just had celebrated my son's 30th birthday. <laughs> he turned 
turned 30 this past week, and so he wanted to remind me, Mom, you know you have a 30-year-old son. I'm like, yeah, I do, I do. Uh, hello. And um, the joy of my life, my grandson, um, Jackson Lee Collier, I love him. And um, I'm surrounded by women that I uh, hold in high regard, two uh, sitting right on the side of me, and of course, Elder Patty. And one that I'll mention, her name is uh, Ann Dial, uh, Minister Reverend uh, Ann Dial. Um, I'll never forget her grabbing me by the hand uh, one Sunday and saying, you know, you're God's child as well. I'll walk with you, which is why it's so important when, when pastor says, look to your right, look to your left, and let them know that I'll walk with you. Sometimes it's a little difficult to take that walk by yourself. You get a little afraid, um, but just so grateful of her leadership and then her anointing to realize that I was looking for someone to walk with me. So thank God for her. Hallelujah. Oh, can y'all? Oh, let me eat the mic a little bit. Um, I am Michelle Rice. Uh, I am, goodness, what do I do here? I just get in where I fit in pretty much. Um, but for, I do, I am on the preaching and teaching team, obviously, like that's apparent. Um, I just do stuff. That's it. Uh, and so <laughs> um, I am, I, I am a wife now. I'm not used to introducing myself like that, but I am a wife. <laughs> And so, um, I know, right, thank you, God bless you, amen. Um, and so, and I'm a daughter, and I'm a sister, and I'm an auntie, and I'm a whole lot of things. I work in human services, so my whole life is just people. Um, that's really who I am as a person um, and how God made me. I have also a lot of influential women around me. I'm going to actually kind of break the mold and go to someone who I don't know as personally, but I kind of do. So Priscilla Shire. Um, is an influential woman in my life. I met her in 2004 at a conference uh, back in my college days. Amen, amen. Uh, so the Impact Conference uh, was the conference that I met her at, and that was the first time that I saw a woman uh, preaching on a stage like the one she was on. Yeah. And so that shifted a lot of things for me um, as a person, and it was and I just love her. <laughs> She's pretty transparent and uh, definitely a believer in God's word. And I knew nothing about her dad, Tony Evans, or anything. I just knew her. I knew nothing about her sister. So, like, I, I'm very much that type of person. Like, once I meet you, if you family, you family. Yeah. And so, in the family of God, I don't consider anyone to not be a sibling of mine. I don't care who you are. If you claim Jesus, I'm like, oh, we family. So, I don't care about all that stuff. So, for a minute, she was kind of like my big sister in my head until I told her. She's officially like, you need to know that you are my big sister in my head, like for real. Um, and, so, and so, she knows now. But, <laughs> uh, but I would say that she's someone who's influential in my life. Just as a woman who is human and Christian and delivers the word of God and really um, has her shoes, her feet shod with the gospel of peace. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, Priscilla Shire. I am not a woman. <laughs> and it always seems like when these conversations of this comes up, I'm always up on stage. Yeah. It always have. It's, yeah. It, it's Thank so you, by the way. Yes. Thank you for that. You're That's welcome. the thing. He's our brother and That's we right. make brothers do stuff. That's so, right. I'll be older brother, so I'm very protective, so that's good. Uh, my name is Adam Vallis, and um, I do multiple things here. Um, I don't think there's one uh, woman in my life that has been, that I can not name. So um, I grew up in a church where it was founded by a woman in 1935. 
and over at Nevada and Van Dyke, uh, the Winans Church, it was Bethesda Missionary Temple, Mom Beale, Myrtle Beale. So I was under her, um, and at 12, uh, uh, we had a prophet come. Her name was Rachel Titus, and lay hands on me, Rachel Titus, and um, my mom. But uh, too influential, I would have to say, is uh, Dr. Fuchsia Pickett from uh, Tennessee, and um, my great-grandma, Julia. Julia Majernik, and they were all, and they were all uh, in leadership, just not um, child's, you know, ministry or the nursery where, but they were, so this is uh, a topic that's near and dear to my heart, and, and so I hope today that we bring some um, revelation based on the Word of God that we bring some solidity, and for those who are still questioning, that's a process, that's good. So that's good, so hopefully the Lord uses all of us through what we share and the questions that I come up with, so thank Amen. you. Thank you, thank you. Um, so uh, what does Faith Citadel believe? Um, I think it's important for us to be able to share with you exactly what our church believes about women in leadership, and that is that we affirm women in ministry and in leadership. Um, I think it's important that um, you know that we are a transparent church about the things that we believe, and one of them is absolutely that we um, affirm women in um, all kinds of ministry, including leadership. Um, and you would be able to see women in um, lots of places of leadership here. Uh, our leadership team is actually headed by a woman, Rosella Townsell. So that's chair and co-chair are women. Uh, we have women that are elders, um, women that are preachers and teachers, but we also have women who are leaders in ministry. And had that not been so, um, I don't know where where we would be with things like um, Miss Estella Ball, who takes a group of people to um, pray with and be with young folk that are incarcerated. Um, she is thinking through um, what happens when a kid gets out of foster care or out of juvie, and they don't know what their next step is. Who else is thinking about that? Who is gathering people? Who's gathering resources? It's Estella Ball, who is a woman. Um, we have um, lots of uh, folks who have not only this year, but previous years been leaders in this church. Um, and I'm grateful that those were people who were allowed to serve in the ways that they were able to serve. Um, because I got to see that and I got to say I could do that. When there was a need for an executive pastor, um, I said I could do it. I know I can do that. And it was because there was a Janine before me who was executive pastor. So I'm grateful. If you would like to see more about um, our statement of beliefs, you can head over to faithcitadel.org statement of beliefs. Um, 
because I want you to be able to know that, like, it's not like, ha-ha, Asia going to be saying some stuff about women in ministry because uh, Pastor Carrie not here. Ha-ha. But that's not what happened. <laughs> while, what is it, while the cat's away, the mice will play? That's not what happened. He said, yep, and uh, he agrees as well. Um, I wanted to make sure that you could see all of our statement of beliefs so that you can always go back to what our church believes. Um, which kind of leads into um, this first question. Uh, why is this topic important to you? I like the fact that we have a completely like open and transparent pastor where he was like, you know what? I had to go through my own journey in looking at scripture and figuring out what was, what was biblical, what was right. Um, and I think that there are a lot of reasons why we all go on that journey so I'm wondering for y'all, why is this important to you? Okay, so for me, you know, you, I sent you the video. Mm -hmm. um, the infamous video. Stop watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> Turn YouTube off, I promise. <laughs> um, but no, I'm, I'm probably the newer, probably to the ministry mm -hmm. um, here. And um, probably even the newest minister out of all of you. Mm -hmm. Maybe. <laughs> um, but there was a question about um, last year, Pastor gave the apologetic, are we going to believe in the word of God or are we not? Yeah. Um, and is it, if we're going to believe in the word of God, it's the entire word of God. Mm -hmm. um, and so as I'm watching late night YouTube um, sermons, if you will, um, I came across this pastor and actually a couple of pastors um, my uncle being one of them, actually, um, who's a superintendent over a Church of God in Christ, um, that don't believe that women should be able to um, not just lead. Um, it wasn't the leading. It was the actual preaching and teaching um, that women should not be able to speak um, in, in, uh, in this type of setting. And one of the scriptures that came up was in 1 Timothy um, chapter 2 and verse uh, verses uh, 11, 12, and 11 through 14. And I just want to read that. And let me get to that here. And as, the, as that pastor was saying, he's so funny to me. He says, follow me in your Bible. Follow me in your Bible. So it's so important to have your Bible Amen. with you because there are false prophets and there are false teachings. So you want to make sure that what you're reading is actually the word of God. So in this word here in 1 Timothy um, chapter 2. Just go to that here. And I'm going down to verse 11. And it reads, let the woman learn in silence mm -hmm. with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was, fir was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. And so I'm like, uh-oh, we're going to hell. <laughs> that's it, that part. And I don't, and that's not, you know, I don't, that's not where I'm trying to, trying to go. And so the question yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me was, if, if, this, if the word of God says we are to learn in silence and not to teach, mm -hmm. um, 
the light bulb of question just came above my head. Mm -hmm. And I turned to the women and men around me mm -hmm. um, spiritually to, to ask that question. So is it more important to me and people around me, my family, my friends, the people I love, if we're observing the Bible, that we are actually observing the wholeness of the Bible and not on our way straight to hell. Amen. So that would be the importance for me. And we'll actually get to um, that scripture and um, the interpretation of that scripture. Um, I grappled with that one, too, because that seemed pretty clear, don't it? It's like, so yeah, no, I, I would say, I, I, don't, don't you do it. So we're going to get into that, okay? There are specific scriptures that I know many of us have heard. Some may not, but we're going to dive into that. One more person, what, uh, why is this um, important to you? So it's important to me because I want to please God. Mm -hmm. And as a believer in Jesus, uh, this is something that I've grappled with really since I was young. Mm -hmm. um, and especially as a collegiate, as I started reading scripture more and really taking my relationship with God very seriously. So for me, it's important because I don't want to displease the Lord. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I am abiding by his word. I want to make sure that I'm not misleading others. Yeah. Um, scripture is very clear about those who preach and teach. Like there is a greater responsibility for us. And, and I don't want to be like one of those ones who is better if you have a rock ring around your neck a big and rock. all that kind of stuff because of misleading someone or causing someone to stumble. Yeah. I never want to do that. I love God too much. And so for me, that's why it's important because I don't want to be misleading um, and I don't want to be misled mm -hmm. <laughs> and I want to please the Lord. So that's why it's important. Yeah. Um, our next question is, why should this be an important topic in the church? Like, why are we even bringing this up? Why does this matter to the body of Christ? Um, why should it matter really to the local church at all? Because it's like some people, some people have never even heard this idea at all. Um, why should this be an important topic in the church? Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I'll combine the two. Uh, one comes down to a word called purpose. Mm. And if you know that you know that you know the purpose to which God has called you, you do not need the crowd cheering you on. Sir, listen. Because God is the umpire. Stay on the base mm -hmm. when he tells you to stay on your base. Yes. And if you read Galatians 23 and past that, it talks about how we're all one in Christ. Mm -hmm. There is no male or female right and if you go back to genesis he said he created them yep them and when god was walking and talking with them in the cool of the day he just didn't talk to adam and give him the crumbs of conversation it was both of them yeah and so women have something to say just as much as men do mm -hmm. and it's not men and women talking it's god talking through us that part. he says he doesn't call us tools. He calls us vessels. Yeah. And so it's purpose. And I think the second thing uh, that is important is if we want revival in the land, if we want revival in the church, mm -hmm. which is Christ's organism, mm -hmm. then we've got to move away from five things. One is tradition. And you will not find someone who is more against tradition than Jesus. Yeah. He didn't come to, to condemn 
the lost, right? He came to save, but you look at the cutting words that Jesus had when he turned to the Sadducees and Pharisees. Tradition, and tradition, and, and I'm referring to tra tradition as the law of man about the things of God that supersede his will. Tradition. Denomination. I'm not against denomination, but think of denomination as a vehicle. And if a vehicle picks up someone and then the denomination kicks them out because they're not part of that, we sh the vehicle should take that. Culture, and I mean the culture, understanding the culture of, of you were talking about, of what the word I can't wait to touch on, First Timothy and, and Corinthians there. Mm -hmm. Culture, uh, customs, this is a customs thing. Mm -hmm. And finally, prejudice. Mm -hmm. And we all have prejudice. And in this case, it's class and, and gender. So if we want to see God glorified and people come to Christ, then we need to settle this matter once and for all. And I think it's important to recognize that non-believers are watching us. And so many right now are, are on the Christianity is full of misogyny train. Right. And I think that if we allow this um, rhetoric to continue, then it's like, yep, absolutely. We're we are excited about misogyny. Yay. Right. Which is not true. Um, so I think that one of the reasons why the church should have this conversation and I think they should have it out loud is because nonbelievers are watching and they want to know what is this God you talk about? What is he about? Is he on my side? So I think that's um, a crucial reason why churches should have these conversations, particularly if we're looking to see more people come and accept Jesus. Um, so I know that a few of you have shared about what your foundational beliefs are. Like what happened in your early Christian lives um, that had to do with women in leadership. Um, but yeah, what are, some, what are some stories that you have that showed you about women in leadership? Some maybe that maybe not been so good, but some maybe that might have been really great. Does anybody have? All right. <laughs> well, um, I think for me, it was it was always that same scripture that you read pretty mm -hmm. much, like women should learn in silence, things like that. But it was also very evident that women were needed in, in leadership and mm -hmm. in ministry. So um, we had deacons in our church. My father was chairman of the deacon board. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a Baptist church. So, um, and they would automatically call the, the deacons' wives deaconesses. Mm -hmm. So they would still help out with some of the administrative needs of the church, counting money, like, you know, and um, just with baptism and different things. So, so they were still used to do some more of the background types of things. Right. Um, but we have, my mother was over the youth department. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she was the leader of that, the youth choir, the youth department. That's all she knows. She don't know how to do nothing in church. She going to lead them babies. Yeah. And so I saw my mother in a leadership role mm -hmm. um, within the church, and, but it was more operational. So when it came to teaching and preaching, 
it seemed like women were not permitted unless it was Women's Day. Mm -hmm. And when it was Women's Day, um, because there was a female focus, right. then women were allowed to even be in our pulpit. We mm -hmm. never had women in our pulpit unless it was that particular day. Yeah. They could not even sit there, uh, let alone serve there or preach over a mic behind a podium. Right. So that's just, but I saw what I knew and what I knew to be right, and I thought it was biblical, mm -hmm. you know, and everything. And, and certainly there was no... Um, as far as teaching is concerned, there wasn't much pushback from women. But in like circles like Bible study or Sunday school, um, there were women who were teaching, mm -hmm. and but mostly the children, yep. not the adults. There was always a man teaching the adult. And, um, but there was open dialogue mm -hmm. in those spaces, which I really appreciated and loved because I had questions, especially yep. when I went to college. I started just questioning everything that I had been taught because certain things I was hearing at school that didn't really seem to be on point mm -hmm. uh, based on what I knew. And then there were other things that I was questioning in my church, like the way that things operated there and why they were the way they were. So, but there was always a man who was in charge of teaching and preaching, mm -hmm. always. As I mentioned at the beginning, I grew up with, like the church I grew up in, the, it was a woman who founded the church. Mm -hmm. and, and so, when I he heard about this, um, not now, but you know, earlier in, the, in my years, I'm like, that's an issue. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. That's an issue. And, but I have found, like through my experience, that um, not misogyny, but the misogyny, if you will, came from other women. And there was, that's when I grew up, more, there was more support from women taking on leadership roles, just not in ministry, but preaching and teaching. Mm -hmm. And, and so they know women's, you know, should be in the home and they shouldn't speak. And right. I'm like, wait, what? what yeah. What's going on? So that's, I have the opposite of that. So mm -hmm. very interesting. Well, I had two, I remember now, two women that were considered bishop um, that I remember in growing up. And uh, one was my mother's godmother mm -hmm. and the other is my godmother's mother. Mm -hmm. um, both of these women um, were pastor of their, they, they started their own churches, mm -hmm. um, one in her home, and uh, it grew, and then the other, um, I can remember her being um, with the new Starlight, actually, yeah. in the beginning, and then ah. she came around her own, but the, what I remember about the both of them is the strength mm -hmm. um, that I got a chance to see in both of them, mm -hmm. um, and I also got a chance to see and hear um, how they loved God, mm -hmm. and how they um, up, uphill God. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't that um, I never heard them preach. Hmm. Never heard either one of them, even though they were bishops, That's I never heard it. either one of them preach. That's wild. Um, I heard my godmother preach my grandmother's funeral, mm -hmm. um, but her mother, I never heard her preach. Hmm. Um, I've heard people say what good preaching it was. But for me, just looking and watching them, I've never heard them actually bring forth the word of God. And now I'm questioning, like, is there, is there a reason for that? Right. And so that's where I am now, the reason. I'm like, tell me more. I need right. to know, like, am I, in the, am I, am I doing, the, doing it right? Yep. And am I leading in the right direction? So, yeah. so that was uh, big for me. So I was not raised in the church. Um, my mother knew that one scripture, uh, man don't work, man don't eat. But that was it, and that was because she wanted me to clean my room. Um, so I didn't really know too much about the Bible. I didn't know about um, church. So when I was called, it, I was at the church previous to Faith Citadel. When I was called, 
uh, when I heard God speak to me, I was early 20s. Okay, so I'm driving down the street in my 1995 Honda Accord. Huh? Huh? In the name of Jesus. Here, bless you. At least you were in one Accord. That's what the disciples traveled in, in one Accord. It's probably still running and do right now. So I'm driving down the street and I hear God. it, it, It was like, I know he wants me to do something. And I'm weeping. Okay. And my eyes are filled with tears I can't see. So I pull over into a parking lot and I immediately call my pastor. And I am in tears. I'm, I know God is calling me to do something. I just don't know what he wants me to do. And he said, yes, you do. It's like, I don't. No, I don't. I'm calling because I need help, because I don't know. He's clearly calling me to do something, but I don't know. And he repeated, you do. Yes, you do. He said, what is God calling you to do, Asia? I said, I believe he's calling me to preach. A few weeks before, God gave me a dream. It's the only dream of prophecy God has ever given to me. I, I told you, I don't know a whole lot of scripture at this point. I didn't grow up around scripture. But when I woke up, my eyes like flew open and it was turn to Jeremiah chapter one. And it talks about how this man was a youth, right? Jeremiah was like, I can't do it. I'm a youth. And God says, nope, don't tell me that. Because to whomever I send you to, you're going to go and you're going to preach a word to. You're going to tell them exactly what I have for you to tell them. And I knew that that was for me. Now, I knew that was for me. But later on, after being in ministry and preaching, when it was time to be credentialed, when you get your paper papers to make you real official, when it was time for that, I was next in line, but I was denied for another man. So now I'm questioning, like, did I do it right? I thought I did the things. I thought I answered your call. I thought the, there was an, you know, an affirming of my leadership to do the things. But I can't be, I can't have the stamp of approval from, from other people. Now, it is important to note, just like you said, listen, if God said it, that's what it is, right? But I mean, you want the support of your people, though. You want your people to be like, yeah, I see that. I see you in that, right? And I didn't get that. Um, so while we are not um, uh, interested in affirming women who have heard the call, I'm not sure that we know the kinds of impact we have on um, their own journey of faith when we say, no, I don't think that's what God said to you. Um, so those were some of the first things that I found, a contradiction almost, that I didn't understand. Um, and I'm grateful for this ministry and uh, the leadership of our senior pastor that kind of ironed those things out for me um, because I was confused and I was hurt. Something that you said that was really, um, uh, um, 
that kind of like sparked something for me was the idea of the denomination, right? And we are a part of a larger body, which is the Evangelical Covenant Church. Um, and when I got here, I found that our Evangelical Covenant Church, our denomination, actually affirms women too. So if people are wondering, hey, are y'all just standalone kinds of folks? Um, or what, what, what do the other people say? What does our denomination believe about women in leadership? I wanted to read you something that comes directly from the covchurch.org um, website. The Evangelical Covenant Church affirms the call to ministry for all persons. We have ordained and fully credentialed women since 1976. And we seek to be a diverse and welcoming church that affirms the calling and gifts of the entire body of Christ. Much of what I was able to research came from our denomination that also affirms women in ministry and in leadership. So we are not alone. Okay, not a nitty gritty. What does the Bible say? Follow me in your Bible. <laughs> what does the Bible say? So listen, this is the thing. Um, when you're looking at the Bible, recognize that um, there are interpretations, but there are also translations, right? So this, you, you do know that originally when it was spoken, it was not spoken in English. What we're reading is Hebrew and Greek. It had to be given to us in translation in English. When we are making interpretations of that which has been um, translated, there are a couple of things that we kind of need to pay attention to. Uh, number one is scripture. Allow scripture to interpret itself. So how was that word used in other places in the Bible, right? So when we come to a word that we're like, hmm, that like the word authority, right? Or silence. Those are the words that we're all looking at and we're like, hmm, that seems pretty cut and dry. But if we allow scripture to interpret itself, how is that word used in other places in the Bible? But also context, balancing all texts in a way that does justice to all that God has said. So more conversation about the cultural, historical, and textual context when that thing was said. If you don't do those things, you're not going to get what that, that scripture meant. So, um, we're going to dive into what does the Bible say? Um, first off, um, who in the Bible do we have as examples of that? And I think everybody always looks at Deborah, right? Um, Deborah is an Old Testament judge, and uh, judges back then were just as important as judges now, right? Um, they made determinations um, about really crucial things. They were rulers. Um, Huldah in the Old Testament, she was a prophet. Anna um, in Luke 2.25 through 38. I said that's Old Testament, but that's new. Anna is New Testament, huh? New Testament judge, but also Mary. So um, Mary in the New Testament. So can you share, Sean Fania, about what you heard about what happened with 
Mary, because I have always been told that Mary was the first one to get the message when she went to the tomb after Jesus died. She was the one that got the message, go and tell folk that he has risen. The first one to proclaim the risen Jesus Christ. That's a preaching to me. That gave it validity for me. But there are people who say otherwise. Can you share what you heard about the validity of Mary being that person? So in, uh, I believe it's Matthew uh, 28 in uh, verses 9 and 10, I mm. believe it is, um, where Jesus, where the women go to, women go to um, the tomb to, to, you know, get Jesus' body. Yep. Um, and uh, Mary is who... Uh, he speaks to first. Right. And says, hey, go tell my boys, or to go tell my people. Right. Um, to meet me in, the, in Galilee. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so from what I, the, the, in the message that I heard, and again, this is more than one message because I like to cross-reference. It was um, like, okay, you coming to me and saying, hey, my brother going to be over at McDonald's preaching the word. Go over there and meet him. Or are you preaching? Um, are you actually giving a word mm -hmm. um, in that? Or are you just telling me that somebody is going to be preaching the word? Mm -hmm. So there was the discrepancy of telling a person that a preacher is going to be preaching or are, is that person actually preaching a word to, to, to meet those people? Right. So that was the discrepancy, I think. Do you find that that was a discrepancy? What do you think about that? Was it just that Mary was like, hey, Jesus is going to be at Mac and be with, go over there? Or was it that <laughs> he's going to be at Warner and Trumbull, go meet him? Or was it something else that Mary did? I don't, I don't necessarily think that she was preaching the word, but she was carrying good news. She was. She was carrying good news. And, and my whole thing is like, she was obeying what Jesus told her. Yeah. Ultimately, Jesus told her to do something. She did it. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how people may try to interpret that she was carrying a message mm -hmm. according to what Jesus had commanded and mm -hmm. she did it so there I don't think there's a necessarily a discrepancy mm -hmm. uh there's to me there's nothing to debate about that right Jesus said do this she did it mm -hmm. period yep ditto uh <laughs> but succinct know, yeah so <laughs> I, I know Paul gets a bad rap of being Oh, a misogynist and yeah. things like that. But if you actually look at the word, you will find more, you know, it's kind of like reading through the lineage. No one reads through the lineage. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh, somebody forgot somebody. There's little verses that we just, that I have skipped mm -hmm. over, but you go to Acts 16.9 and it talks, it talks about how Paul had a vision mm -hmm. of a man. And then they get to Macedonia and who is it? It's Lydia, mm. a dealer of purple, yeah. a woman of prominent influence that mm -hmm. took care of him. Then you go to 17, 17, uh, four. Acts go, 17, 4. Acts 17, 4. Mm -hmm. And let me just read that. It's these little ones that says, some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing 
Greeks and quite a few prominent women. Mm. And then you go down to 34 and it talks about women. And then you also go to Romans 16, 3, mm. and God doesn't make grammatical errors, does he? No, he does not. Um, notice what it says in 16, 3. It says Aquila and Priscilla. Yep. No, it doesn't. It says Priscilla and Aquila because custom back then yeah. says you address the man first than the woman. But uh -huh. Paul dressed Priscilla, then Aquila. So there's all these little, I don't want to say nuances, but just things. And it keeps going at Phoebe. Just wasn't a deaconess, but also you go to the original mm -hmm. Greek, it means minister. Mm, yep. Right? And let me just say this. As an elder of the church, I am under pastor and pastor Asia. Right? I am... Uh, uh, Dr. Sheila uh, uh, Ireland-Smith, who started the prayer ministry, I was under her leadership. Yeah. And so I know there's a lot of, and pastor talks about it all the time, how somehow being behind God's uh, holy desk, the, mm. the, the pulpit, that that's what we have to ascribe to. Yeah. Uh-uh. If you, like, Paul, there's scripture that talks about, that says, like, Teachers, preachers, you will be judged more harshly mm -hmm. on a greater scale. So that is not the ultimate uh, hierarchy of giftings that God has given us. If God has called you to teach children, then you do that. Yeah. If, does that make sense? Absolutely. So just don't, I want that. I mean, if God doesn't call you that, then don't go. Mm -hmm. So, but I can't wait till we get to Corinthians and Timothy. So. Yeah. So what? So there are some, some, some questions that people have, right? Like, we've said all of this about, you know, Priscilla and Hulda and Lydia and all the us, right? Women in, uh, uh, <laughs> in leadership stuff, right? But what about that part in the Bible where it says men, men are the head of women? In 1 Corinthians 11... 2 through 16. If you can uh, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 through 16. I praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding to the traditions just as I pass them on to you. This is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. Verse 5, but every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It is the same as having her head shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, she might as well have have her hair cut off but if it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved then she should cover her head uh, verse 7 a man ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God but woman is the glory of a man verse 8 for man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. 
It is for this reason that a woman ought to have authority over her own head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as a woman came from a man, also man is born of a woman, but everything comes from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not the very nature of things teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace to him, but that if a woman has long hair, it is her glory, for long hair is given to her as a covering. If anyone wants to be contentious about this, we have no other practice, nor do the churches of God. It. <laughs> she said we in trouble. That seems kind of clear, doesn't it? Like it says, man, it's the head of a woman, right? Is it, is, it, is, it, is it just that clear? Is that, is it, or is that clear as mud? Let's talk about it. <laughs> um, when I consider books like Corinthians, mm -hmm. I consider that Paul is teaching a people who are newly converted. Yes. And Corinth had a lot of ungodly practices mm -hmm. going on at large. So there was a lot of correcting that, that Paul, I believe, was doing in Scripture. So I think ultimately, again, when you consider context, culture, and, and even the ways, have, the ways of life have changed. Mm. Um, the Bible was written in times where polygamy was, accept, was like an acceptable cultural practice mm. that is not necessarily the same today. So, so we have to interpret Scripture. Well, again, let Scripture interpret Scripture. Right. Um, but I think that there are several passages throughout Scripture that point to the, uh, what I like to call the chain of command. Mm. It's God, Christ, man, woman. Mm. And, and I think that that is clear. And when I consider... Um, ministry and churches, like, I am not usurping authority over Pastor Kerry. Right. There is no way. I don't even usurp authority over my brother Adam. If Adam says, Michelle, this is where we were, I, I even submit to him as my brother. And, so, and, and I know, like, for me, even considering the way that I was raised, and even what I, I have these personal convictions, it is not my goal to ever be contentious or to um, to just be running things mm -hmm. or whatnot. Like, and I got I was raised up north, but I have a very southern upbringing. Right. So, so even with that, just showing honor and respect to those who have authority over me mm -hmm. um, is just something I do. And I do believe that that this is clear that there is, you know, to a degree, a chain of command. Right. And. And I don't think that women who preach and teach from a pulpit are usurping authority over their pastors because I guarantee you if they were, I'm pretty sure it would only happen one time. Mm. Like there's no pastor that I know, that I know, mm. <laughs> who is going to allow um, for there to be disorder in, in the church. Mm. And, so, and I believe that God has appointed uh, pastors pardon me, pastors and leaders to ensure that things are being done uh, decently and in order. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I do think that there is a, a chain of command. Mm. However, it doesn't always look 
to be what some folks interpret it to be. Right. Um, so yeah, so you have to understand content. So I'll be really quick because I know um, this has to be in the light of other scriptures. So I think we're going to look at First Corinthians uh, fourteen, not right now, but I think you have it on there. I and do. Also First Timothy. So when it comes to that, like putting that all three in context, but mm. Galatians three twenty three says. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until faith, till the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all who were baptized in Christ have been clothed with yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, nor slave, nor free, nor is there male or female, for all are one in Christ. So, but if you go back up to 23, we were, the law was a guardian. It is good, but it also brings death. But it says, you were arrested, you were under the confines of the law. Mm. And so in light of this, and what was going on, if you read, do an in-depth study of what was going on, what Sister Miche said about Corinth and Ephesus, Picture your kids. No, I'm serious. Right, right. Not not pleasant. And Paul, God sent Paul into darkness and abomination and all of this. Yeah. And and, and so the customs of that time were that, but were not under the law. Mm-hmm. So. And oh, I'm sorry. I just want to add too. Again, there's so much scripture that talks about mutual submission, mm. even in marriage, right? Like we know that husbands, you know, they're, yeah, submit to the wives and wives submit to their husbands. Like there is mutual submission that is discussed in scripture. So again, even like what Adam was talking about earlier, even with our prayer ministries, if it's led by a woman, our leadership team led by a woman, um, there is a mutual, there are men who also serve on our leadership team, right? who submit to the authority of Rose Townsville, you yep. know? So, so there is a mutual submission that happens. Ultimately, everything is all about the glory of God. Yeah. It is all about the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's first and foremost. And, and we believe that the Lord will establish his will. He just will. He will. Um, so we just have to submit to God first and then allow him to work those things. So go with me in this, Okay. So in that scripture, you remember how I told you about translations? So there are these little letters next to some of those words. And it looks like in many places in this scripture, it was translated woman, but it was supposed to mean wives. That makes it different. This conversation is about husbands and wives remember that they are now new converts right they don't know what worship is supposed to look like right it it looks different now women that were married would cover their heads that's the way to be like yep i'm sick i'm I'm not single right but if you took your covering off then it was like oh the single ladies oh the single ladies right so they were like let's if it was going to be anybody, it was going to be Elder Adam Dallas. Um, <laughs> so they were like, look, okay, now as a woman who used to not be able to go in and be taught scripture, now I get to go in there. And it seems like it's a private kind of place so I could take my head covering off. And Paul was like, ah, 
Keep that on. Because then you'll dishonor your husband. That's different, ain't it? That is not just man is head of a woman. This is a conversation about husbands and wives. That's a different something. So we have to be careful about the way that we translate things and we have to be careful about the way that we interpret things. This was a conversation that was cultural too. Uh, pagan practices used to be where men would cover their heads and do some rituals. Um, and he's like, no, don't do that because we're not, we're not pagans. There was cultural context, historical context that helps us to know that's not what that says. So when we are looking at these things, we have to take those things into consideration. Scripture must interpret scripture, and there are historical and cultural contexts that we have to observe. Um, what about what it says about women speaking in church? Quite unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to get to Timothy today, but I do want us to get through 1 Corinthians 14, verses 26 through 40. Can somebody read that? 1 Corinthians 14, 26 through 40. Okay, I'll read it just for... So it says, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation? Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three, should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Mm. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you, I'm sorry, for you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Or did the word of God originate with you? Or are you the only people it has reached? If anyone thinks they are a prophet or otherwise gifted by the Spirit, let them acknowledge that what I am writing to you is the Lord's command. Mm. But if anyone ignores this, they will themselves be ignored. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. So wait a minute. It said brothers and sisters prophesy, but didn't it say women hush your mouth? Wait a minute. How am I supposed to prophesy? Speak what the word said. Speak what the Lord said to me. But also got to be silent? Paul, how though? How? Dissension. Dissension. <laughs> so how do we reconcile that? You ought to be silent, women's. Uh, context, uh -huh. language, scripture, culture, back in the day, history. And so 1 Corinthians 11 
first and that we just read in eleven and first Timothy. I know we don't have time, but it, it addresses instruction in the home. Mm-hmm. This is addressing instruction in the church. And immediately we go to thirty four, it says women should be silent. Mm-hmm. Well, this was the Corinthians, and if you go back to church, they sat in and uh, um, yeah, the amphitheater, right? And so men were below, and then women were at the higher seats. Mm-hmm. And so they couldn't hear sometimes. And so if you go um, to Israel sometime, and they'll explain all this. So it makes very good sense of why Paul was telling the women to be silent not to be silent to not prophesy, but if you have questions, mm-hmm. have those at home because it's disrupting the, the service. Mm-hmm. And if you read the whole chapter and not just single out the word, the whole thing is about disorder in the service, right. isn't it? So how would, what if we had a group of people on the back while this was going on, or Pastor Kerry was speaking, that men or women or children were disrupting the service? Elder Rodney or myself or someone else, we'd go and Elder Patty would we would say, "Hey, can you take it out there?" Right? And and so it wasn't to be silent because man is over woman. That's in the home. He is the spiritual head, head of the, the home. Yep. And, you, and women, wives shouldn't usurp authority and things like that. That that's correct. And we should continually pray, but we're mutually submitted to each other. But in the church, it was a disorder, and it was causing disorder in the service. So he said, be silent because of the arrangement of the seating. Does that make sense? It does. Doesn't that preach and teach totally different? It does. And if someone can, like, I've, I've had this question come up, but no one has ever come back and disproved it because the Bible is right. Every I that is dotted, every T that is crossed. So just to bring that context. I think that it's important that it talks about usurping or uh, it, it's, it's authority like domineering. And it is to have power over another person unto their destruction. That women are not to domineer men. But that is true for men as well. That, 100%. That men ought not to practice control over women unto their detriment, unto their destruction. And I'm grateful that God has given us a leadership model of he came not to be served, but to serve. And we are a people um, that continues to follow the leadership of Jesus Christ. And I'm grateful that I have a God that we can look to that recognizes that leadership is not supposed to be over someone else, but that we serve others. So today, if you are someone who does not know Jesus as your savior, this is the time where you can reach out to him and say, God, I need you. So let us bow our heads for just a moment and ask him, Lord Jesus, There may be one in this place that does not know you. That has heard that you are a domineering God. 
that all you want to do is take away. But God, we are so grateful that you are one that knows that leadership is about serving others, that you want to give to us. You want to give us life. So Lord God, would you speak to the one in this place that does not know you for themselves? Would you help them to ask, I want to be saved. How can I know? Jesus, would you do that now? One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot org that simply spells C I T A D E L of Faith dot org all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us, and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time. <laughs>